Get your fill of baseball news and beer reviews at foulballarea.com. Follow our blog for the latest news around the baseball world and read about some of our favorite ballpark beers. Tune into the podcast every Wednesday as we take a deep dive into the topics of the day. Stay connected by signing up for our mailing list or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Foulball Area. Now, here's today's episode of the Foulball Area Podcast with Matthew Atkins and Trey Lyle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Foulball Area Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Atkins, alongside my co-host, Trey Lyle, and we've got a full episode for you today. All kinds of baseball news going on, Major League Baseball, college baseball, all kinds of stuff going on. It's the, the postseason in college baseball. It's getting into the middle of the season in Major League Baseball. We're starting to see what teams are actually going to look like this year, what the players are actually going to do this year, who's getting hot, who's not. It's a good time for baseball right now. Trey, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty good. You know, uh, a little tired, but uh, that's typical at this point. And um, I'm just uh, excited to talk. uh, You know, definitely going to be a a bittersweet episode, I guess I should say. Yeah, it is. We do have some uh, some news to get into on the college baseball front, the super regional results and actually a couple of games still happening today. But before we get into that, we're going to go over our usual uh, Major League stuff or, you know, we, we've done all kinds of levels with this. The the best thing you've seen this week and your player of the week. So uh, we'll start off with the player of the week and I'm sticking in Major League Baseball for mine this week. I was really excited. I'll tell you, because I, I was watching the stats over the past week and I was thinking that I was going to pick one of my favorite players as player of the week today. But then I put up the stats again this morning, and he's up there, but he's not quite, and I can't justify putting him over Byron Buxton. So I'm picking Byron Buxton as my player of the week, but Ronald Acuna Jr. is a close second. He had a fantastic week for the Braves, a 1.240 OPS, three home runs, three RBIs for the Braves over the past week. But then you look at Byron Buxton, his OPS is over 1.5, five home runs, seven RBIs, Seven hits in six games. So a great week by Byron Buxton for the Twins over the past week. It's a pretty good choice. Pretty good choice. It, it was kind of hard. I, uh, I think I'm going to give my MVP to a team. Okay. It, it's the Notre Dame Fighting Irish for making Omaha. And I, I, it's, it's simply put, they beat the number one team in the country. It appears the number one seed has a curse in the College World Series. Um, now as Tennessee gets upset and, you know, Notre Dame had to do it, you know, they won the first game surprisingly, and then, you know, Tennessee dominated them in the second game. And then they come back on Sunday and really, you know, took the lead late. It was a, you know, I believe three, one game. And then, you know, in the latter stages, I think in the seventh, sixth or seventh inning, that's when they eventually took the lead. And then they, they went on to win in Notre Dame. It was a, a disrespected team coming into the tournament. They felt like they should have hosted. They should have been a seeded team. They're really one of the best best teams in the country, especially with their pitching staff. And so just their performance at the week over the weekend, you know, against a really good baseball team, like, you know, the best team in the country all year in Tennessee, you, you got to give it to them. So I, I'm going to go with uh, – with Notre Dame, but the guy who we should say pay the man who had another two home run game this past weekend, Aaron Judge, is a honorable mention because I think we need to start mentioning him every week the way he's playing this season. Um, he's he's looking like, you know, 
a three hundred million dollar man. So I will yes. I will say close close second is Aaron Judge, but uh, I can't give it to him every week. So I will give it to Notre Dame. <laughs> All right. Uh, the best thing you saw this week. Uh, there's been a lot going on around Major League Baseball, around college baseball. Um, the earlier this week, I think it was Thursday night. The Braves were hosting the A's. And they just absolutely dominated them. I think the final score was something like 13 to two. There were home runs flying left and right runs coming in all kinds of ways by the Braves. It was also a packed park at Truist Park that night. And my parents happened to be there. They went down to Atlanta for my dad's birthday. Happy birthday. And it was the, um, the replica championship ring giveaway that night. And my parents went, they each got their ring. My mom, you know, she's a big baseball fan, but she doesn't really collect the memorabilia and all that. So when they flew back into Richmond, they stopped by our apartment on their drive home and they gave me one of those replica rings that they got at the game. So that is pretty cool. And I'm going to put that as the best thing that I saw this week. It's honestly a um, it, it, it's it's better than you would expect for a giveaway that they're doing like that. It's not just a, a cheap plastic ring. It's it's the real deal. It looks pretty good. It feels pretty good. So props to the Braves for doing that giveaway. And I think they were originally only going to do it at like two or three games. Then they added another two games because it was so popular and so many fans wanted it. So that's a really cool thing the Braves are doing. Uh, And obviously just a great game dominating the A's and the Braves are on an 11 game win streak right now. And they have a series against the Nationals coming up next. So that should be another three games that they win. Well, that's pretty good run by there. My best thing I saw is is a troll. Um, The Chicago Cubs. Should, just shouldn't have done this. Um, they tweeted out in their game against the Yankees on Saturday night, uh, a deep fly ball to center by Stan that was caught. Yankees fans think everything is a home run. Um, in that tweet, since the Yankees go on to hit nine home runs and score 25 runs over the next 15 innings, including which six, I think it was six solo shots because John Smoltz on the broadcast is like, you know, it's not good. Uh, you know, solo home runs are okay to, okay to give up. It was um, a quite, quite the tweet by uh, by the Cubs that was uh, did not age well, and I think the Yankees also tweeted something. They did. I know they they uh, responded to that tweet it was like, "Do you blame them?" Yeah, and, I think uh, they said, "Do you blame them?" And they posted the score. It was like eight nothing, and it said yeah. Yankees hit six home runs. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, that was uh, pretty good by the Yankee social media staff. Uh, that was a bad tweet by the Cubs because they did get swept by the Yankees, and the Yankees had a lot of home runs. Uh, Judge had a two-home run game. Matt Carpenter, which they the Yankees picked up off the scrap heat, looks like old Matt Carpenter again, and hit two home runs on Sunday. So uh, I, I will I will give it to uh, really bad tweeting and bad a bad age tweet by the Chicago Cubs was the best thing I saw. Yeah, that wasn't uh, wasn't a good idea. And the worst part. thing that happened this weekend, I know they got eliminated, but the NCAA not allowing Virginia Tech's hammer was by far the worst thing I saw because of sportsmanship. Whereas Tennessee, I know they got eliminated too, can wear their jacket and and hat and then their daddy hat and look like a pimp, and um, you know other teams had their home run celebrations. So it's just. You know, shout out to Carson Martini who called out the NCAA and, you know, and then he, you know, he called out the NCAA on Saturday and then hit a tying home run on Sunday. So, and then 
obviously Oklahoma blew it open. So he, he, he was the reason they had two runs. So shout out to Carson DiMartini at a really good super. And so, uh, yeah, that, uh, that takes the, NCAAs, the worst thing I saw this week, once again, looking like just let baseball is fun. Let baseball be fun. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that was pretty dumb that they wouldn't let him have the, the home run hammer on the field. Also, I uh, learned they auction off the hammer every year. Like the players sign it and they auction it off for charity. So I think hmm. that's, that's happening again. So that's going to be interesting to see. That is cool. Yeah, that takes us into our next topic. As Trey said, the Virginia Tech Hokies eliminated in Super Regionals against Oklahoma. Not a good weekend. Um, Friday night, it was kind of a close game, but Oklahoma ended up winning. So the Hokies go down one nothing. They have to win their next two games in order to advance to the College World Series. They come out on Saturday, and Virginia Tech just has a great game offensively. Pitching-wise, they were still giving up a lot of runs to Oklahoma, and so every time that Virginia Tech would kind of jump out in front, Oklahoma was right behind them until finally I think the final score was 14-8. to So it took a while for Virginia Tech to pull away because Oklahoma's bats just kept coming right behind them. And then yesterday, just not a good game at all. Uh, like you said, Oklahoma jumped out to a 2 nothing lead. Then Virginia Tech tied it up 2-2. Then by the time I turned the game on when I got home, it was, uh, it was not good. Oklahoma was up, but I think, 5-2 to two when I started watching. And then they ended up going up. I think final score was 11-2. to two. So yeah. not a good game. Kendall Pettis by Oklahoma was just destroying us. He had a fantastic catch two. in yeah, left two. field too yeah first one was over by the bullpen he kind of dove over the bullpen wall to catch a foul ball and then later Gavin on he had, had a diving catch stolen by Devin. uh sorry to interrupt gavin cross had two like in game one there was a diving catch in right and then a diving catch in left in game three to steal you know plus Pettis so, also had a home run in the game so did. great game by him great series by oklahoma hitter. yeah this is a great baseball team that's been hot late their pitching has been dominant towards the back half. Uh, the guy who started on Sunday was dominant against Texas in the Big 12 championship, dominant against Florida in their regional, and then obviously dominant against Virginia Tech. And uh, so their they're pitching carried them in game one and game two. And I think that was really the difference in these two teams. Both look really good offensively, but I think just Virginia Tech, this was such a big leap. And – they they just don't have the full pitching staff or versatility in their pitching staff to get to that next step. And it's kind you know, they did have they do it, they drew Hackenberg, who's a freshman. They have a lot of talent, talented arms. It's just kind of that next step in building a you know a championship level pit. Like I think of Vanderbilt a couple of years ago. Their two starting pitchers, two of their starting pitchers were top 10 picks. Like, that's how good, you know, you don't need that, obviously. That's once in a bajillion kind of thing. But you got to have high-end arms that can shut down teams when the offense can't be there. And it just appeared, especially late in the season, Virginia Tech was starting to lose that. Yeah. Yeah, the, the offense was obviously fantastic all season long. It was the uh, the pitching that needed the work. And like you said, Drew Hackenberg was, had a fantastic season. He was great on the mound for Virginia Tech. But that is where they're going to need to work uh, in the future to build themselves into a perennial contender. Um, and, you know, looking at this team, 
the the good news about this team is that they're pretty young. So they have a really good chance of coming back and competing at this level next year. Obviously, Gavin Cross, he is only a sophomore, but he's going to get drafted. He's going to be probably a top 10 draft pick. But you look at guys like, like you said, Drew Hackenberg's only a freshman. Carson um, Demartini will be back. Yeah, Carson Demartini is only a freshman. Tanner Schobel is a sophomore. Uh, you got all kinds of guys that are young on this team. Jack Tanner Hurley Schobel is a sophomore. I think he's going to be a top. Could be. Top, could be. top four round pick, possibly. But you got a lot of guys that are going to be sticking around. They'll be with the team next year. And I think it's still going to be a talented team. And I think John Chef is, he's really built this team into what he wanted when he came to Blacksburg. And now they just got to keep building on it and stay at this level of competitiveness. And the baseball transfer portal is already loaded. Like Tommy, Tommy White from NC State, who hit a ton of bombs with the ACC freshman of the year, is in the portal. Don't know if he'll go to Virginia Tech, but that the uh, the portal is already loaded. And you look at it, I mean, the man who started on Sunday for Virginia Tech, who had pitched well. I mean, he threw two bad pitches, and they both were uh, – or three bad pitches, and they were all solo home runs. So I, I forget the guy's name off the top of my head because um, it was so fresh yesterday. But he came he came from the portal. And so you have to look at it and just think. like, And he, he this was a guy who got in a car accident in – you know, December and had to work his restart is kind of warm up for the season and finally got healthy and ready towards the lead of the season. They finally got their third starter and it, it just led to, uh, you know, he, he pitched pretty well on Sunday. It's just kind of the bullpen kind of, I don't want to say the bullpen failed them, but the offense failed him and the bullpen couldn't carry the load. It's probably the best way to put it. Who is, yeah. do you remember the third starter on Sunday? For Virginia Tech? Yeah, it was. I, I can't think off the top of my head. But I tell you what, that guy for Oklahoma, he was looking was pretty nasty. good. Their closers, nasty as well. Uh, Virginia Tech's starting pitcher was Jordan Geber. Geber. Yes, I, thank you. Um, he he was a uh, yeah. Gleber was a. Uh, was really, I mean, he threw like three bad pitches and they all ended up being solo shots. And it, I think Chef maybe had too big of a quick hook in, in this super. Um, and the bullpen got taxed and it, it kind of led to the bullpen not being able to carry the load, which they needed to on Sunday. And, and ultimately, you know, that's what led it. Like D1 baseball has a transfer tracker. And you have to subscribe to it, so I I haven't yet. So, but the transfer portal is is a tool that I think Virginia Tech can use, and and they used it effectively this season. You know, Eddie, you know, um, Eddie Molinaro was a transfer. Um, so this this team has definitely shown the ability to use the portal to its advantage, and I, I think they will. Yeah, definitely, and you know, I hope that they do. Um... But recruiting wise, you know, recruiting just incoming freshmen is a big part of it also. And I think that they're doing all the right things. You know, they have success on the field now. They have the the facilities to attract players. So I think that they can they can attract recruits, you know, coming out of high school, coming from the transfer portal. 
I think that they should be able to, you know, reload and replace all the guys that they're going to lose to either graduation or the draft this year. And I think that when you look at the makeup of this team, I think they're going to be right back here next year. You know, obviously you can never say for sure because baseball is such a variable sport, but I think they'll be right back here next year. Maybe even going on to Omaha, hopefully going on to Omaha. I agree. I mean, it's hard to get to Omaha. It, that look is. at ECU. ECU's made, I think, 34 in the Blade tournaments, and they've been one wood away now four times, and they haven't gotten there. And it, it you know, and ECU's a really good baseball program. And yeah, uh, I, you know, it, look how long it took Mississippi State to get back to it. You know, they obviously won the national title. Like, baseball's hard. <laughs> like, winning is. is hard. So, <laughs> The fact that they got here, like, is I think the biggest accomplishment. Like, we remember the start of this when they were at the bottom part of the ACC all year, and it's like, okay, we'll see. Yeah. And so I think this, I don't want to say this was unexpected because I think this team expected it, but it, it's definitely, it's not a, as we said weeks ago, it's not a disappointment. It's more of a, you know, something really good to build on yeah for sure looking at the uh, college world series so far the teams that have punched their ticket to omaha bracket one is completely filled out we got texas a&m texas oklahoma and notre dame interesting makeup there two teams from texas plus oklahoma and then you get notre yes, dame the sec versus notre dame yeah that should be fun well soon to be the sec <laughs> Bracket two, we got Arkansas and Ole Miss. Two spots will be filled today. Oregon State and Auburn go to game three in Corvallis. And we got Stanford and UConn going to game three in Stanford. So that should be a uh, couple of good games to watch this evening. That'll fill out the second bracket. But, I mean, that's already looking good with Arkansas and Ole Miss. And then if you throw in Auburn or Oregon State would be good in that matchup. Stanford and UConn, I'd have to, you know, pull for Stanford just to, to root for the better team to make it there. But that yeah, bracket the, sounds like it'll be if, fun to watch. If UConn can win today, if UConn and Auburn win today, the top four seeds are out of the NCAA tournament. So that would be crazy. Yeah, it would. <laughs> uh, so, but uh, I'm telling you what, I, I like them at the start. I was looking at them. People forget Texas was the number one team coming into the season. Yeah. And they had the best player in the country. And, you know, Ivan Melendez, who's hit over 30 home runs this season, is probably going to win the Golden Spikes Award. They they look really dangerous. I think they, you know, they they battle tough. I, I think Oklahoma's hot. You got to look at Oklahoma. Um, and, you know, AM might be the best quote unquote team left if, depending on results today. And they went through the gauntlet of the SEC. So, and Notre Dame has pitching to, to win any game. So, Looking at that first bracket, my I lean Texas coming out of it. And then looking at the bottom one, um, you know, Ole Miss was the last team in the tournament. And they also were a number one ranked team at the point this season. So that's a really good baseball team. And, uh, you know, Arkansas I, I went through the SEC gauntlet and took two on the road in Carolina in that super. That, and that's going to be really good. And then you have to look at those West Coast teams. I mean, Yes, he's pretty good in baseball. Probably the best conference for college baseball. And so if Auburn gets through, 
you know, UConn would be a very big underdog, I think. But uh, I'm going to say Texas, Oregon State final, and hook them. Texas wins the national championship. All right. Texas and Oregon State. Oregon State is not even in Omaha officially yet. They still got to be assuming they win. I'm assuming they win. How about that? All right. All right. Hmm. I'm going to go Texas A&M. Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss is able to make a run here and make it into the finals. And I'll say Texas A&M wins it. So the Aggies. Gil. I'm going Aggies. You're going Horns. We'll see. We'll see who comes out on top. That sounds like a plan. And the great part is, I believe they played. No, they don't. No, they're in the same bracket, so they will play each other. No, I know. I'm in the first round. I'm trying to think. No, it's Notre Dame, Texas, um, Texas A&M, Oklahoma in the first round. And then if they both win their first game, they'll play each other. Right. Yeah. Because it's double yeah. elimination. So Yeah. <laughs> so if they All both right. lose, they'll play each other too, I guess. They're, they brought, they might, they probably will play each other, but unless, I'd say it's likely. Unless one loses two in a row and the other wins two in a row, that's the only way they don't play each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, that's the only way they would play each other. Is if, let's, like, Texas can go one and one, and if Texas A&M goes, yeah, okay, we got it. <laughs> they will likely play each other. Sometimes as, confusing. As the two uh, top seeds in this this bracket. All right, we well. Talk- so Joe Madden got fired. Oh, yeah. That happened right after <laughs> we recorded. And the Angels finally won again. They, their losing streak went to 14, and then they've, they had a really good series against the Mets. Then he took two or three. So you think the Angels can rally? And uh, make the playoffs. I think they can. They're I not out of it. I personally we talked about this last week. They're really not out of it, and no, I was kind of shocked they fired Madden. But I guess they just kind of wanted someone who's more not as loose in the in the clubhouse. Yeah, I personally disagree with the firing. I think he's been this. He's in his third year as the manager of the Angels. And they were playing really well. And then they go on this losing streak and he gets fired for that. Like, give him the chance to correct it. You know, I think that they have a really talented team and they are capable of winning and they shouldn't have fired him just for a losing streak. I mean, it was a bad losing streak. 14 games is bad, but give him the chance to correct it. I agree. And, you know, but if you look at it, another show that got fired, the Phillies, have kept winning since he got fired. I think they're up nine straight, obviously uh, 11 straight for the Braves. So uh, those two teams are surging. And then obviously the other ALS team, the Mets seem to be coming back to the normal. So it could be a tight race amongst the top three. Speaking of the Phillies, I got, I got something to propose for you. And uh, this came from our good friend, Billy Parvatan. He texted me. We were, uh, he said, do you think Joe Madden would go to the Phillies as their next manager? I said, I said, no, I said, uh, I said, I said, I said, <laughs> I said, he'd probably retire at this point. Um, 
It would be interesting though. I I thought I thought I I said he might want to manage again, but he might want to retire. But uh, it would be interesting. Uh, you know, he's from PA, as Billy pointed out, and so uh, I know we're we're going through like three hoops right now. But <laughs> Joe Madden as the Phillies manager, what do you think? I could. I think see they it. need a different voice. In. I think they need more of a kind of that, like. I don't want to say Girardi's loose, but I, I could definitely see Madden kind of opposite, be an opposite kind of feel for than Girardi. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I think I could see it. I don't think that he's the kind of guy that the Phillies do want to hire, though, that like, the Phillies don't seem like his kind of like he is the, you know, I don't really know how to describe him. He's he's a really unique manager, Joe Madden. So I don't think he is a fit for the Phillies. Um, yeah, he might, he's from Pennsylvania and all that, but I don't think he's a fit for the Phillies clubhouse. So I'm, I'm going to say no. I don't know that he'll retire. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll try to get another managing job. I mean, it's not like he really has anything. You know, he, he's had a great career. Unless he just really loves being around baseball, then, you know, maybe he will want to stay and keep managing. But I could see him retiring as well. But I don't think he'll get to the Phillies. Yeah, but going back to the NL East, it is definitely the most interesting race now in all of baseball as uh, the Mets lead is basically shrunk in half on the Braves from 10 and a half to five, over 10 games to five and a half. So um, with this winning streak by Atlanta and, and the Phillies are nine back and they're hot. Both, uh, you know, the Phillies win streak just ended and Atlanta's winners of 11 in a row. It's definitely something to uh, to watch out for. Is the Mets collapse? Is the inevitable going to happen again? After I said we'd have a Subway Series World Series last week. What do you think? Uh, I'm assuming you're going to say yes. but It has to. It has to. They're the Mets. It's not possible for them to, to have a completely successful season. I will believe it, it when I see it. And touching on things, the... Uh, the Angels are only three and a half games back of Boston in the wild card spot. So just add another little touch to things. Um, and the Braves have now re-entered the wild card. So that's yeah, the Braves are in a wild card spot right for. now. Uh, a team that's played well too recently is the San Francisco Giants. Just swept the um, the Dodgers first time since 2016. So. Uh, I'm not hitting panic mode if I'm the Dodgers, but the NL West, you know, top three teams only separated by three and a half games. So that is something to keep an eye on for as well. Yeah, that's been a fun division to watch all year. And I think it's one of the best divisions, if not maybe the best division in baseball. I mean, the NL East is looking really good right now with the the Mets, the Phillies and the Braves all playing well. But I, I think the the NL West is probably the best division in the league. Yeah, I mean that we said that coming into the season. They had three yeah. teams that I you could probably see making the World Series. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I think you know the American League. Uh, we need to we need to touch on a team that I thought was going to make the World Series and is under five hundred at this point, which is kind of surprising. Twenty seven and thirty one uh, on Saturday, they blew a lead to Texas, and you could hear fire Tony Chance in. The crowd. So I, I would. This might be our last topic for today. But um, speaking of managers getting fired, do you think the White Sox should fire Tony Larusa? No, 
not at this point. Like th- this whole thing of firing managers so soon, I hate it. You can't, you got to give them a chance to succeed. So firing him, he's in his second year with the White yeah. Sox. You can't fire him. He shouldn't him. got hired, but that's I mean, a different point. you can argue that too, but he's there. So you can't fire him less than a year and a half into his tenure as manager. You got to give the managers a chance to succeed, a chance to win. And when you fire them early on, you take that away. I mostly agree with you, but in this case, just because of, I've never seen, like the dude walked the guy who had two strikes the other day. Yeah. Okay. That wasn't good, but <laughs> like, not come a on. To fire he, and then Trey Turner, like he walked like, okay. So I just think he doesn't know what he's doing. He's in over his head and he's not connected with that that clubhouse and you could tell when the team was like we're just gonna win in spite of him like whatever and i never got the hire you you're skipping what do you mean you don't get it he's a hall of fame manager yeah that's 70 years old and out of his prime he's a manager you don't have to be in your prime to be a manager i understand that but the dude was out of baseball for how long like 10 years okay Exactly. Like the game changed. How much did the game change in that 10 years? It's changed a lot. Amount. He's, he's still a Hall of Fame manager. He okay. knows what he's doing. I, yeah, you've been critical of the hire too. So don't even get me started. <laughs> you were critical of it too when it happened. So don't even. Don't I could even, see Matthew, both sides. I could see why they would want to hire a Hall of Fame I manager. Could see why, I, I could see why. Yes, I agree with that. Yes, it's Tony LaRusso. I'm not dumb. But to me, you would hire a Tony LaRusso like when you meet like when your team's trying to get, you know, it's that final step. That team was like, I don't say they were steps away, but it just, they're such a young team. I think they needed a younger manager to connect with it more. Yeah. If that makes sense. If you had a veteran team, you know, with guys, you know, a way more veteran team, you hire a Tony LaRusso. You know, it's just, no, I, I get that. And I, I I never thought Rick Renteria should have been fired. He took I them to the playoffs. Too. He took them to the playoffs and they rewarded him by firing him. So I never thought that he should have even been fired. But I, I, I as far as hires go, I don't think Tony LaRusso was a bad hire. Well, maybe I'll be wrong started, in a couple of years. not look that good. Maybe. We'll see. So we'll see what happens with the White Sox. They need to turn it around because I'll tell you what. They don't make the playoffs. That's I. I would say that's the most disappointing team in baseball. Yeah, definitely. I think they're they're trending towards the most disappointing team. It looked like Boston to start out, but Boston has kind of gotten the ship righted, and uh, I think the White Sox are definitely the most disappointing team right now in baseball. I would say so. Anything else uh, you want to cover? That's all that I've got. I think we covered all the topics to hit today. All right. Well, if you like this episode, like and subscribe, you know, or give us a five star review. We we love love to hear from. As always, you can follow us at Foulball Area Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, also on TikTok. I, I think we have a TikTok. Maybe I don't know. Maybe. We'll look I, into I it. think uh, I, I'm pretty sure I follow Foulball Area on TikTok. So <laughs> that's um, possible. At Trey Lyle underscore VT on. Facebook, Instagram, 
or face underscore. Yeah, that's Facebook, Instagram, and then at Trail VT on Twitter, at Mackins in the news. Follow us on our social channels. Let us know what you think about the baseball season. Who's going to win the College World Series? And also, CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg page also will be posting the episode, so check that page out as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out. Thank you.